Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Let's bring in Benjamin. Bam. Just like that. It's like magic. It is. It's like magic, except it's not because I'm just hitting a button. See, now I can go full screen. Whoa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Life Lessons and Laughter with Ben Barber. And now it's just you. And now it's both of us. All right. Mind-boggling. And And for those those listening to the audio version, um, trust us. It was amazingly awesome. (laughs) Uh, So today we are talking about FOMO. Oh, yeah. FOMO in the house. Yeah, absolutely. The fear of missing out is what FOMO means if you are wondering. Do you like this camera angle? No. No, neither. No. Um, Yeah, it's very close. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, the fear of missing out. Yeah, FOMO. Fear of missing out. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I was, um, you know, a while ago I was talking with a client of mine and she had mentioned like uh, I was talking about something I don't I don't remember exactly how it played out but but we we're talking about something and then she's like yeah that's FOMO and I was like she's like fear of missing out I'm like yeah I go what like why is that a thing <laughs> like I mean I like I've had FOMO since I was young. So like, I just kind of thought some people, it, it was like, I didn't know it had become a thing for like the millennials. <laughs> you know? Millennials. millennials. So apparently that's a, it's a thing now for the millennials. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a millennial and I completely had it. I mean, when I was younger, I was always, you know, in high school and stuff, I was going to parties all the time. So I was, uh, like, I mean, if there was two big parties on the same night, I was anxiety ridden. I mean, if something big happened and I wasn't smack dab in the middle of it, like, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, like I had to, I had to be there. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah I uh, totally, I, I get that all the time um, on a, on a low level. Uh, I'm in a group chat right now with, um, some, some people with like a ton of people that are making a big push for something politically in, and like, so there's politicians and there's business leaders and stuff in this big group chat. And I've moved for the last uh, week. I've been in the process of moving and I had to just completely ignore that group chat. And when I say there's a lot of stuff happening, I mean like there's probably 300 text messages a day happening in that group chat. And they're all like important policy related like issues that, that involve our state and stuff. So like it's information that I should know and is pertinent to like my job and my business and all of it. And I just couldn't look at it because I was way too busy. And every single time I got a text, I went 30 more text messages. Oh, oh my God. I There's can't. no way. I, I couldn't. Like, I am so, like, I, I'm, I, think, I think I'm pretty removed from the FOMO now. Yeah. 
I think I think the more grounded you get, the less FOMO you have. Um, but, you know, I guess that that remains to be seen. Um, but that that's kind of my inclination because I definitely completely had it when I was younger, and I don't really feel I have it now. So so what's sure. the difference? You know, sure. Um, so like, and to me, it, it like even as you were talking. It reminds me of like when I first woke up, you know, as probably everybody knows by now, it was through recovery. So when I was in recovery, like one of the things that I heard was in AA, as well as other um, organizations, they have business meetings. So I heard like, okay, well, you know, you have to be involved in AA and you have to go to these business meetings once a month or whatever. And like, fortunately, my sponsor was of the opinion that, like, there's many ways to give back. Business meetings are one of them. Um, it's not mandatory. But, you know, so I was like, well, I got to check out these business meetings, see what these things are about, you know. And and if it's part of AA and I'm really trying to be involved and, and get sober here, I better... So I go in there and like I had just started experiencing a little bit of sobriety and my head was clearing up a little bit. And I sat there and I watched people argue about stuff that was going on in meetings for an hour or so. And I was like, oh, my God, the whole time I was just thinking this is exactly why this is exactly what I'm trying to get away from by getting sober. My life, this like looks like my life like my life is just constant arguing and 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 just you know bickering about little things i I don't want i don't want any of this (laughs) and at the end of the meeting everybody knew that i was like the the newbie there so they're they kind of i don't know if they went around the room i don't remember but they they asked me so this was your first business meeting what did you think and i said well i think that i'm never going to another one if I can help it, because this is exactly the stuff that I'm not interested in. Um, but the the cool part about that was that the opinion of many other people in AA, as well as my um, sponsor, said, if you don't go to business meetings, if you do not take part in the responsibility of coming to decisions, then you must fall back and agree to go with group conscience, what they call group conscience, which is whatever everybody else decides. If you're not going to go stick your nose in there and give your opinion, then you, you can't sit back in the meeting and say, they shouldn't be doing this. They should. If you want to have a say, you better get your butt to a business meeting. If you don't get your butt to a business meeting, then keep your mouth shut about what decision they made. And I was like, Okay, I will keep my mouth shut about whatever that whatever group conscience says is fine by me. <laughs> and the the amount of freedom that I felt was immense. So that was like my beginning of going. Yeah, most of the stuff in life, as well as in those business meetings, didn't really affect me. If it got bad enough where it was so warped that it was just ridiculous and I didn't want to be part of that meeting anymore. Just leave and go to another meeting. Just stop going to that one. <laughs> you know? like, and that's kind of how I've lived my life a lot since then. 
it's like I don't get involved with complaining about and fighting over little things. And like, you know, I, I can't not say this. I, I want to not say this because um, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm making a judgment on what you're doing and I'm not. I think everybody has a right to choose whatever they want, you know, because if I have the choice to choose what I want, everybody else has a choice. So I'm not saying everybody should do what I'm doing. That's what I want to make clear. What I do, though, in, includes politics. This is why I stay out of politics, because I've saw, you know, once I got sober, I looked into it and I saw the same people, sometimes the exact same people. But people arguing over the same things 20 years later and 30 years later. And I went, oh, I'm just going to stay out of that stuff. And I mean, it's more to it than that. It has to do with my personality, too. You know, like if I lean into something, I'm very opinionated and I'm very passionate. So if I lean into a political situation and get involved, I'm going to be smack dab in the middle. I'm going to be shooting my mouth off left and right because that's what I do. And I have, and I have to be ready for that. (laughs) I cannot, I don't participate kindly. Like, and like, you know, just, Oh, like I'm either all in or not. It's, It's like my personality. So I don't do well in those circumstances. So my personality mixed with my spirituality made me decide to stay out of that. Like I said, I'm not implying that everybody should do that. I think it's important that some people are in the political circles because it's a you know reflection of our society. And I think it's a necessary part in, in life where we are. It's just I'm not the one to be in the middle of it. That's all. Um, so we have to make our own choices is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's the, it's, I, I'm fine. Like 90% of what happens in the world, I'm fine with the general consensus because most of it doesn't affect me. If they say, oh, we're going to, you know, raise your taxes 1% and you didn't vote. So you didn't get a say. All right. I guess my taxes are going up 1%. <laughs> like I would rather pay 1% tax increase than go spend my energy arguing over the 1% tax increase. Whether and it doesn't matter whether I agree with it or not. I just don't want to spend my energy arguing over it. You know, and I'll adjust on the other end. So, but what I found is most things in life are like that. Most things are. Most things that people argue over and put their attention and their energy towards they don't it never changes anything you know they just argue about it because nobody's interested in change they're interested in being right and arguing over it so it's so they get caught up so once i started understanding that this fear of missing out on things once i started seeing that like most of the stuff that was there wasn't even anything to it like i'm not missing out on anything it's an illusion most of it doesn't affect my life. Most of it, you know, it, it's, it, it just doesn't. And like, what if, what if somebody has a different opinion than me? Well, I have to, I have to voice my opinion. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't like, it's okay. They're probably going to go home 
thinking the way they think, whether I voice my opinion or whether I don't voice my opinion. So like, there's so many little things that are like that, that it's just, I think the more we learn to take our hands off things and start looking at them closely and start determining whether do they, does my input, is my input relevant here? Is it necessary here? Can I make a difference here? Um, does it affect me if it goes either way? Eh, not really. Okay, then save that energy to put it towards something you know that's important to you. Instead, we spread our attention to things that aren't important to us. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about some of the bigger. Uh, you know, because of the because of the um, term FOMO kind of cute you know <laughs> yes like it looks good on a meme yeah uh so it so therefore it's sort of downplayed as and it's and it's a lot of what we've been talking about is you know there's two parties or like i can't i can't go out you know t- tonight and i and i and like that's the that's the like millennial thing of the like hashtag fomo but but the fear of missing out right when you when you actually put that out as a full sentence and you um and you think about it there's a lot of things in life that are deep seated fears of missing out right so like um children not having children you know um when you get to a certain age and you start to really uh, think that that's not going to happen for you, or um, or not finding someone, or uh, not uh, following the avenue that you wish that you did uh, career-wise. You know, these are some big things that people struggle with on an everyday basis. That are the same. It's the it's it is the fear of missing out, um, but it's not as cute as FOMO. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that that's a great point. It's not only do, you know, it does look cute on a meme and that's why people don't, they don't get upset when they identify themselves. Like, like if, you know, if you were like, Hey, you're, you're, you're filled with fear. People would be like, no, I'm not. Or, uh, or, or if they, if they agreed with it, they'd be like, yeah, I know. I, it's horrible. You know, like, but if you say it in a cute way, <laughs> you know, FOMO, yeah, you know, then all of a sudden it's cool and it sounds cute and they don't have to take responsibility for it. And what it is, is it's fear. It's literally fear. It's in the word. It's in the, <laughs> in right. the title, fear. And fear expands. If you allow fear to live, it takes over more of you. If you allow an aspect of fear to be within you and you say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just, it's taking over a portion of you and it has residence in you. And fear knows one thing, expansion. It just knows more. So it tries to get more of you and more of you. Then it goes, well, um, you're also scared of uh, leaving the stove on now. Yeah, but that's not that big of a deal. I just checked the stove three times before I go to bed. Whatever. It hasn't affected my life. 
Okay, so you let that slide. Then it affects how many times did I lock my door? Then it affects, you know, and it just takes over more and more and more of you. That's why when you see fear, you should, if it's small, attack it then. <laughs> Get it out of you then. Don't allow it because as, as soon as you allow it, it's, it starts trying to expand to another area, you know? So it's, you know, we have to, I, I think it's important to do that. And if we live life like that, then it doesn't get to the point where the big things have the ability to take us over because we didn't allow the small things to take us over. So it doesn't have a good enough foothold on you. Like if, if somebody comes up to me and says, like we talked about this one time years, years ago, like my mom said one time, you know, she's like, Oh, you know, you should start dating you. You know, I, when don't you want to find somebody to spend the rest of your life with? And, and like, you know, I just get scared that, you know, you might be alone for the rest of your life. And I burst out laughing. I literally bursted out laughing because I just, it was funny to me. Like I had no fear of that. You know, I just don't look at it that way. And here I am years later after that conversation, and I'm still alone. <laughs> I still don't have that fear. I just don't have the fear. Why? Because I haven't let that those fearful types of thoughts take root. It's not that they've never passed through my head. It's not that, you know, I've never had moments where I went, oh, my God, like, geez, I wonder if I'm going to find somebody. Of course, I've had those moments. But they don't have any place to take root and to latch on. And I don't feed them. If I, when they do come up, I look at them and go, okay, well, wait a minute now. Is this real? Like, do you know, like I don't have somebody in my life right now. So does that mean that I'm going to not have somebody? I'm never going to have somebody in my life. And it's, well, no, of course not. We live in an ever changing reality. And like for me, what helps is always getting to the core of stuff, getting to the core of stuff. What I want is this is a mentality that I think is important. We need to understand that what we want is to feel love, to feel happiness and to feel peace. That's what we want. And we have to stop thinking that it comes from somewhere other than within us because it doesn't, you know, and one, when I anchor onto that, and then I connect to my source of unconditional love. Now, all of a sudden, I don't feel lonely. Why? Because I have a source of unconditional love. And I realize, now, do, is there a part of me that still wants to be in a relationship? Yeah, there's a part of me that says, you know what? I, I've been in relationships before. I enjoy being in relationships. I think I do pretty well in relationships. Um, it feels comfortable and natural to me. So therefore I think that I would probably be in relationships. I like, I don't think we have heartfelt desires for things that we're not going to fulfill. I think we're given the capability of fulfilling any heartfelt desire. Otherwise, why would we have a heartfelt desire? It's just cruel <laughs> to give somebody a heartfelt desire without the capability of fulfilling that. And I don't think we live in a cruel world. So I think, I think that I probably will be in a, you know, relationship moving forward, but 
let's just say for the sake of argument, I'm not. Let's say for the sake of argument, I focus on happiness, peace, joy, love, and feeling it within. And then all of a sudden I get to a place one day where I'm so filled with love. I am so happy. I'm so content. I'm so joyful. And I look around and I go, you know what? All that desire to have a romantic partner in my life was completely ego-based. I couldn't tell it at the time because I was identified with ego. And that's, but that's where the desire was coming from. And now that I'm completely content, peaceful, and happy, I could care less if I have a romantic partner in my life to share the rest of my life with. I have other, I'm connected to all, and that's fine for me, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll come to that realization one day. And if I do, that doesn't mean that I'm sacrificing or I lost. See, subconsciously in our brain, we think that if we get really happy and we let go of something that we think is going to make us happy, then we lost. <laughs> it's like, no, if you're so flipping happy that you don't need anything, it's okay. You're not going to miss it because remember the foundation of what you just said. You're completely happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so what we need to do is, and this is kind of like a manifesting chart that um, Mike Dooley has, which is really cool, is he has all the small things moving. I don't even want to say left to right because I don't even know what my hand's doing on this screen because it's backwards. But <laughs> everything moving this way <laughs> with small things over here and large things over here, and the ultimate end is happiness. And he says... you. When you focus on this side, you get everything to this side of it. So if you focus on something small like a car, that's all you're going to get. But if you focus on something like a job and you need a car to get the job, then you'll get the job and the car because it's smaller. It's to, to this side of it. So he says, focus on happiness way over here. And whatever it takes, all the little things it takes to make you happy, you will get because you're focused on your happiness. So if we're if we just focus on our happiness, we don't have to go, oh, what if I miss out on this? What if I miss out on that? What if I miss out on this? What if it doesn't matter? Focus on your happiness. If one of those things is going to enhance your happiness, you will get them. And if you don't get them, that means they won't you, you didn't need them in the first place. You just thought you did. You feel me, Ben? I feel you, Glenn. You hear me barking, big dog? I do. There's literally buds in my ears that um, that uh, control the control the sound of your bark. Um, woof 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 woof. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I think opportunity too. I what think, about opportunity? Well, I think it's a it's a misconception, which I think breeds our FOMO. You know, it's this mentality that opportunity only knocks once. No, it doesn't. No, it does. That's all opportunity does is knock constantly, consistently over and over and over and over again forever. That's its only job. <laughs> if opportunity only knocked once, it'd be out of a job. <laughs> it wouldn't even exist anymore. It'd be like, well, I don't know. I walked around knocking everybody once and now I'm done. I, thought, I guess I'll retire. <laughs> There'd be no such thing as opportunity anymore. Every time somebody is born, they'd be like, oh, I get to knock once. 
All right, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so opportunity always consistently knocks. So we don't have to be we don't have to be fearful that we're missing out on an opportunity. You know, I mean, of course, we want to keep our head on a swivel and look around for opportunities and capitalize on them when they come. But if we don't, look around tomorrow. There'll be another opportunity, another one the day after that, and another one the day after that. I mean, it's we live in an abundant world. There's always opportunities. You know, the, the universe is always setting up. It's always changing instantly. So it's as soon as we make a choice or or we choose not to decide, the universe sets up a whole bunch of choices based on that. And then it's like, okay, well, we are never in a place where we don't have a way out or we're never in a place where we don't have an opportunity to move up. We, we always have those opportunities. They're always there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, opportunity would be out of a job. That was... <laughs> Is, should that be a quote? Yeah, it should. Um, think about how you want to word it. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious. I just don't know. You went on for about three minutes. So I don't know if it would fit on a meme. Um, yeah, I'll have to shorten <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so big and small. Is it the same? Is it is is it all the same? Is it? It is. It's the okay. same because it's the same energy, you know. And that's what, which is of course a good point. We have to, you know, we have this tendency that if something's small or something's large, we go, well, yeah, it works in the small things, but not the big thing. Say like, no, it's all the same. It's because everything's energy based, you know. So it's it's like you know, if if you're in a dysfunctional relationship. And somebody throws a spoon at your head one day and then they throw a dish at your head the next day. It's, it's the same thing. It's a, it's an issue. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like if, if one, you know, makes you bleed and the other one only causes a bruise. The fact is, is you have things being thrown at your head. That's a problem. You know, So the, the size of it doesn't matter. It just matters what energy it is. So the, the fear of missing out you know, manage the small stuff and then you, you'll be able to manage the big stuff. But it's, it's hard if, if you're riddled with little fears and then you go try to take on a big one. I'm not saying that you can't do it. It's just hard because it's, you know, you are one. Your energy is vibrating at the rate of fearful. <clears throat> you know, so fear has a greater hold on you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and of course we can do it backwards. I mean, we can, we can, there's more, more ways to do things than one. So, I mean, we can go attack the big one and all the smaller ones fall away a lot easier. We can do that, you know? Um, but I, I think the other piece is understanding that we're not, you know, the other part of FOMO is, is we, subconsciously or unconsciously think that we are going to be more of ourselves if we experience something. Yeah. You know, we're, like we're going to be a better version of ourselves or something if, if we're, you know, and this is usually subconsciously because when you start saying it out loud, it starts sounding silly, but it makes sense in our heads, you know, like, well, I, you know, well, I experienced that. So that's, that's, 
you know, now I, I am, I am one who experienced that. Like, so <laughs> like, how does that make you a better person? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I just thought about this. Um, I have been experiencing FOMO in a specific topic area genre of my life uh, for about three months for a long time, but in a specific situation um, that you're aware of because you're my life coach. Uh, but it was, but, but there was, um, there was definitely a fear of missing out on something because of what you just said. You, you, you have expectations. Like you think that, that something is supposed to be a certain way. So you have a fear that you're missing out on that thing. And then what you don't realize is that you're focusing on what you think you're missing out on and you're missing the thing that's in front of you. Mm. And the, um, and uh, I had, a wonderful opportunity to get uh, clarity on that a couple times in the last week or so. And it's complete. It's completely that once the fears were out in the open on every, on every aspect of that. Um, and I mean like deep fears that don't get talked about. Uh, once those, once the, once the big fears were talked about, the little fears went away. Right. And the, the FOMO for the most part went away. And what was left was happiness and peace and joy and appreciation for what is there. Yes. And that's, that, that this is exactly what we're talking about. This is why the illusion you know, that, that we're missing out on something. We think we need something outside of us to fulfill us. And we don't because, you know, and, and fear does not, fear can't stand the light of truth. So yeah. when you open, when you bring your fears out into the light, they disintegrate, they're no longer there. And then what you are left with is the true happiness and peace that comes from within. So like, we, you know, you're not going to be, and I mean, I'm a big experiential guy. Like I love experiences, you know, I love jumping out of planes and, and all kinds, you know, I'm looking forward to traveling and I, I, I love experiences and I think experiences can change you when they're done in the right way. But it's just like everything else. If I think that me going to on a safari in Africa is going to make me a cool person. I'm wrong. It's not. <laughs> it's it's not going to make me a better version of myself. But if I want to go there because I want the experience and I, and I don't think that that's going to make me happy, it, it, but it can be an expression of my happiness. Okay, now so I can't I can't ever put anything in front of what I'm hoping to experience which comes from within. So if I anchor on my happiness, and then I go experience something as an expression of that happiness. Secondarily, now it's an expression of that happiness. And I could even expand more. But if I go and I go, that thing's going to make me a better person. No, it's not. It, because it's external. It can't make you a better person. It's not part of you. 
You know, everything that's needed to make a mighty oak is contained within the seed. It's that acorn, man. It has everything. We have everything. We are self-contained units. And, you know, so we can't miss out on anything because it's not, what the only things that are actually important and eternal and sacred are within us. So anchor into that and then experience. Oh, your experiences are so much more rich when when you're experiencing them in a vibration of love and happiness that yeah. it really does now all of a sudden it's an expression and you can't expand out of them but nothing outside of us is going to make us happy and it doesn't matter if it's an experience or a car or a date it doesn't matter it's not going to bring happiness into us because happiness comes from within and flows out yeah absolutely and uh Having, having the same experiences recently that I was having several months ago, but without the fear attached to them. The How's that feel? Yeah, the experiences were so much better because there was no, there was there was no weight to anything, you know. Right. Those was really nice. Uh, where can people find you if they want to, you know, attack their fears? Attack their FOMO? Yeah. Or, you know, buy a book or anything like that. Or if they just simply want to have some Froyo? Froyo, FOMO. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go to GlennAmbrose.com. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if we can get the Froyo, but we can talk about the FOMO. So uh, check out glennambrose.com, get the book. There's some podcasts you should listen to. Oh, you're listening to it now. Um, <laughs> check out the lives on Facebook and YouTube, Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, and, and all the other stuff I got going on at glennambrose.com. So thanks for listening. Thank you, Ben. Talk to you all later. Glenn is available for life coaching sessions. To book an appointment or for more information, go to glennambrose.com, follow him on Facebook and Twitter, or click the link in the description of this episode.